This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching A Matter of Honor. I'm Van Velding, and I have been serving in this series since it originally aired. I'm Derek, and this is the first time serving in this series. <laughs> you ready? Yep. And three, two, one. This was Star Trek's highest rated episode to date whenever it aired. It was a popular one. Oh, really? Yeah. That crazy Nielsen ratings. Uh, I kind of like this one. Uh, it's a good Riker episode. I mean, insofar as Riker is like a man of action guy, I kind of wanted... Like, it's kind of weird for me that just a first officer is like, hey, I'm going to bounce, all right? Like, you don't need it, but you don't need to get another first officer because I'll be back. Like, is that common in a ship that a first officer can just leave for X amount and no one takes a spot? I mean, I, I think you can do that, yeah. I'd be weird. You have exchange programs existing. Uh, I don't know if they work, you know, by the same Hollywood logic as this one. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very they're they're kind of keeping this pace very curt, right? Like they're they're yeah. you get this sense that Riker is kind of like a mama hen. Like he's got all he's got he's got a book schedule and he's he's giving orders, you know, in a kind of a short way, and he's going from A to B super fast and blah blah blah. Uh, so they do a pretty good job here of setting the tone. If it feels a little does feel a little like obvious, but it's all right. What Minden? No, no. I mean Riker. Riker. You know how he's kind of going from A to B. He's being curt. He, he's kind of giving orders. It's setting the tone for like the the military tone of the Klingon vessel. Like when we get there, yeah. they brought this guy back, and the actor thought, "Oh, they love me," but the headpiece only fit him. So. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, so I, you know, I do like uh, I do like that you know here you know, we're getting I was I really would I really wish that it was uh, whatever his name I forgot not Melvin but yeah because that would have been neat right like that would have been like hey look you know you finished you know Starfleet or whatever you came an officer good good on you dude yeah. you know also here's a revolutionary idea they're actually orienting people who come aboard yeah well they say indoctrination was that (laughs) they say they say indoctrination but that 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 seems a little weird like uh all right make sure you report to your starfleet mandated uh brainwashing at 0800 (laughs) in in doc is just literally what they call it is orientation so that's fair i I don't know why it's called indoctrination but it is yeah that's fair so i guess it's just like Every ship has its own way of doing things, so you have to get indoctrinated. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, again. This is a little the weird. idea that you would tell people how to do that is revolutionary. <laughs> like in Starfleet or in Starfleet. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, I would yeah. imagine we do that. Usually, they'll just roll up and figure it out. Yeah. No, we got manuals. We got <laughs> this stuff figured out. Yeah. Starfleet's just like, eh, you're smart people. Yeah. So I, I, that kind of <laughs> bugs me. You saw what he did, Justin Riker, like. Um, he crossed his line of fire with Picard's, uh, and that's bad mojo. You don't do that. Uh, I, mean, I think they're I think they're shooting at different targets, and they're phasers, not proton packs. Well, It'll be fine. It's not. It's not just that. It's like you, you have clear lanes of fire, and if you get into someone else's lane, you can get into a friendly fire accident. Um, in terms of you know live fire exercises, yeah, this is. This I guess is that, I guess those are like stun acuity. or whatever, or maybe even less than stun. I really don't know what the grades of phasers are. Yeah, it's probably bad as military doctrine. Um, I mean, bad practice, <laughs> you know, yields bad results. True, true point, true point. Um, so uh, this is kind. Yeah. Of, we get to see kind of his ambition here, don't we? You know, he's like, I want to do it because no one ever has. 
Mm-hmm. And Riker has been that stock, like, square-jawed man of action, like, protagonist guy. Right. And this series is advanced enough, there has not been a lot to let him shine. Yeah, that's true. And it isn't... I don't think it's ironic in the least that where he does shine is whenever he's put amongst the atavistic, violent Cleons. Right. Well, you know, and yeah, I mean, that's a good point because the only kind of men of action-y stuff we've gotten besides the scuffles that he's he gets in when he's part of a group is, you know, his, his female conquests. And um, I'd prefer him being just a wharf-like, violent man of action than just some sort of James Bond, you know, putting his dick in anything that'll let him... In, in accordance with the laws of, of fate, the role-playing game, uh, I, I'd rather he be good at some things. And I think his liaisons with women, in that they're not sexual conquests, but they're him convincing people that his is the D... <laughs> that they to, want. ...to approve. Uh, yeah, I think that actually gives him a sensitive side. Not the Ooh, sensitive what? side in, oh, that, no. in that the people who wrote this can do that, but then that he's like, hey, look... We know what's up. Let's have fun. Let's be vulnerable with each other tonight. Let's let's enjoy this. Let's have fun together. Maybe that's a thing that I will see later, but I have not gotten that sense thus far. Um, it definitely, It definitely seems like it's a, oh, cool, you give Conquest. me the eyes. Well, if I got some time later, we're going we're gonna to do this thing. Exactly. And he has a pretty decent exchange with Beata about that, where she's trying to have a conquest for him. And we mentioned how silly... You know, in the matriarchal plant, how silly that is that both of them are trying to enjoy themselves with sex and they both think like the other person suffers for it. Yeah. But um, I mean, the whole time he's like, oh, and by the way, Deanna Troy, you can't have, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to get super protective and you're my. It, but that's not happening here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But I'm just saying like, that's the, that's the tone that we've seen so far is like, I can go yes. and do everything. But the minute Deanna Troy like has some affection level to her, he's like, what's the term? Like Inazi. No, why would you do Imz- this, Zanazi? Imzadi. Imzadi, no. <laughs> right. And you're right, you're right. That That's a flaw in the character. So here, we don't deal with any of the Troy stuff. There's no Troy in this episode. There's no Jordy in this yep. episode. Um, I like we see a, a so good just, bit of Worf, a good bit of Klingons. And I like this right here. You're, yeah. you're showing, saying, oh, it's it's assassination, but it's not kind of what you think. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Also, uh, Keikaku means plan. <laughs> <laughs> it is all according to Keikaku Rockies. Because Worf is a weave. He's a, he's a weave he's of a his own people. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so yeah. this dude's an ensign. I am correct in believing that an ensign means like the the first rank, right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird that Riker goes on board this ship and he gets to wear he goes aboard the Cleon ship and he gets to wear his own uniform. Well, he, but Minden should be wearing like. A Starfleet. Oh, we've we've seen this guy a lot, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I, have I do remember seeing him a few times. Yeah. Um. So, but Minden's not wearing like the uniform of the Mindanese police force. Yeah, I thought he was like a science dude. Like I thought because yeah. of, no medical. Yeah, I thought it was medical because of the blue. It's medical and science. Oh, is it? Okay. So yep. my instinct was Spock like, blue. I know blue mean. I thought blue meant science, but then it was like it was medical. Like I thought he was whatever. Whatever department was blue, but I didn't realize it was both. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's a little irksome, but it goes back to the original series. So. Yeah. Unless, like, 
whatever it is that the the Mindanese people wear, like, is a Starfleet uniform with a turtleneck? I mean, maybe it's the only, maybe it's that just device that allows him to breathe or whatever is the only, <laughs> is the only thing. I mean, they have to have their own style yeah. uh, separate from Starfleet, but maybe they just have to be weeb enough to ask for it, like Warp is. <laughs> maybe. Um, I... But it just anyway, getting getting real quick about the whole like he's an ensign, right? And so he's yeah. like going around like criticizing people who've been on this ship. Uh, I mean, I get that like it's it's different cultures, which I kind of like. Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of weird that oh, ensign, you've I assume been indoctrinated. You're just going to ignore that indoctrination. And here, go on the bridge, like one of the most important assignments. Like it kind of seems Not like you point. would get eased into it. The point isn't that he uh, just suddenly does everything the Starfleet way and then he brings it back to his own people. It's that he also brings his way of doing things uh, to, to the Enterprise. Right, but he's been indoctrinated, which I assume meant, hey, this is how you do stuff on the Enterprise. Right, and he's probably doing that stuff. Here, apparently, like, it's just unspoken that, that you're supposed to press buttons and look busy all, all during the shift. <laughs> If you get a free moment, you don't roam around or else you get more work. Uh, apparently, it's just, you know, one of those cultural things. Uh, speaking of cultural things, I was curious about uh, this tradition. I mean, I guess Picard's going to come in and say, oh, I'm familiar with the tradition of a feast when changing an assignment. Is that a real deal? Like, is that something that you see in the Navy? Not that I know of. Okay. Um, like, it could be, I guess. Like, it sounds, it's, it sounds authentic. Yeah, I mean, it definitely um, sounds like a, hey, look, you know, because, like, Feasts are kind of generally like these transitions of like, I'm about to go do a hard thing. So before the hard thing, I'm going to do a fun thing. Uh, and food is kind of one of those universal gigs where everyone can have fun with good food and alcohol and blah, blah, blah. I guess the, the feast before the famine seems to imply uh, that you're going to be doing without, which makes sense in this context. But I don't get how, you know, maybe if you're going to be going onto the boat. Well, he's going to be doing he's going to be doing without like his normal kind of culinary fare, right? Um, but like for just regular navy stuff, yeah. Where's the fan? Like, I guess your diet does change once you get deployed. So, or maybe maybe it's just yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just curious because mm-hmm. I, I like this culture thing. I like I love this kind of stuff, and so this notion of like a feast before an assignment, I dig that. I'm into it. Uh, yeah. I don't see how Pulaski shows up. Like, I guess he can only invite so many people for that little feast. <laughs> I mean, Picard yeah. makes total sense. Um, I love this scene, by the way. It's like, uh, you know, he's like, are you being sentimental? He's like, you know, cautious, sir. Yeah. And I like how, he, I... the, you know, Worf doesn't get to excel physically, it seems, thus far. Right. But at the very least, these little moments kind of give you a sense of his strategy. Yeah. That he's always it mindful does. of strategy. That's good. It, it gives him, makes him good at his job in some respect. Yeah. Do uh, where'd Riker put that? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it looks yeah. like a suppository. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, and where else is he going to put it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, look, O'Brien, I got to smuggle this uh, thing aboard. Yeah. Could you get my back? I don't have a back a, zipper. Yeah, yeah, it's back <laughs> There's no pockets in the onesie in the Starfleet onesie. No, there isn't. So. Pog is kind of a dick. Yeah, well, you know. But I of mean, course, you know, again, we're, we're focusing on... Huh? So, I was just going to say synonymous with Klingon. <laughs> oh, oh, cultural changes. I like the pocket vest. Uh, the, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, that's the it kinda, pocket it kinda, vest. <laughs> like the trench coat pocket vest. Kind of reminds me of like yeah, the trench coat. <laughs> cable from like uh, New Mutants, New X-Men. Yeah. 
but more pockets. Oh man, pockets I love Worf giving Minden the business. <laughs> he's like, you haven't yet. Like he's like, I'm, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this dude, you know, in ship shape eventually. He's gonna stop being this uh, annoying jerk when I'm done with him. Because <laughs> apparently Worf just runs everything behind the wooden arc. Yeah. I was like, look, everything behind here is wolf. Yeah, but it, it, apparently, like, you don't really, you don't get to see that until you get behind that. Like, until you get <laughs> you behind that, you don't really get to see his competence. And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm the guy you got to impress. There's <laughs> just wharf, three hidden chairs, and a pile of dead incense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He actually just has like a, a life hatch that he like. He hits a button with his foot and it just opens up and he just puts a dead ensign in there. <laughs> goes down to engineering and incinerates them in the like antimatter yeah. drive or whatever. Exactly. I mean, that's the antimatter drive is only half of it. You need matter, <laughs> and that's what the ensigns are for. Yeah, exactly. Worf. Uh, Worf. So. Worf ha- is oh. known for his rate of going through ensigns. <laughs> yeah. No. In that schematic, there is actually a dirty pair reference. Oh, really? Um, I don't know enough about the Japanese series Dirty Pair to really say what it is or what it means, but apparently it's in there. Trivia. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, it's Chief O'Brien who will never serve on a Cleon ship. Yeah. He's um, like, I like how he's like, he's like effing, effing with this. He's like, I'd be afraid. All right, peace out, dude, later. <laughs> yeah. Nice to be you. Yeah. He does that in this series. He does that. That's his he's thing. kind of like that cheeky so. dude. Uh, we'll talk about it later. There'll be plenty of opportunities to talk about Chief O'Brien messing with folks later. All right, that's fair. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, at right here, you're wondering, like, okay, what's with this Minden dude? Why did he like? Why did he not say a thing? You're thinking that maybe he's like a spy or some jazz. Uh, and I love how Picard puts him in his place. He's like, yeah, that's great, but uh, you should talk to your chain of command. That's how we do things. <laughs> you should have yeah. known this at indoctrination. Were you paying attention? <laughs> it, it may have been too basic for them to. Uh, to really, you know, think about. Like, is indoctrination like, like, here's your quarters, there's the bathroom, here's mess hall, here's the co-ed showers. Yeah, here's, here's, and speaking of co-ed showers, here's red light and yellow light behavior. Just <laughs> Watch yourself. Watch yourself. See? And then Picard's like, yeah, we should have, uh, we should have, you know, we should have, we should have covered that. We didn't think about it. We're all learning about things. Yeah. We are going to make love one that. onboarding procedure official. Look at this. Worf gives him uh, Worf gives him the bull st- blue steel. Look at this. He looks away, and then <laughs> bam, blue steel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> impress me. I um, I like that. The, uh, the Klingon variation is a little subtle because of the brows, but um, yeah, it's I think there. I think that, that was from that shot was from Star Trek Four. But yeah, no, it's good. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, we also get to see Worf doing some leadership stuff because he is a division head for God's sake. Yeah, no, heaven forbid he be competent. Heaven forbid he have to do anything with leadership. So it's a good thing we're gonna get. Yeah, uh, I have a question with regards about uh, Klingon, you know, natural light. I guess <laughs> like are they like a cave dwelling people? Like why? I know I've seen it before, and I may have asked this question before. But why is everything dark and red? I mean, other I than he... just you know showrunners wanting it to get a sense of uh, aggression. Uh, I think that Star Trek, um, like the the first thing we see of the Cleons is uh, them as bad guys, so they get this kind of mood lighting, yeah. and for the consistent aesthetics, they keep it here, and I think it works. Uh, I, and if you really need just a goddamn okay, uh, all right, we're gonna keep going. Yep. So, um, so it, 
if you really need like a reason, one of the things in the novels, uh, little novel suck, is that uh, Klingons just look, see things in a different wavelength from humans. Uh huh. So all of this red light is actually a couple different oh, colors okay. for them. See, right? I was curious about that because Worf doesn't seem to mine like the regular light of the Enterprise. Yeah, well, when you go with that explanation, what it does is it opens up a whole can of worms about all the different aliens on board Federation starships. Yeah, uh, everything seems pretty Earth normal in terms of temperature, pressure, gravity, humidity, uh, and light. When you're like, no, wait, they got plenty of aliens on board. <laughs> yeah, so so you're uh, you're saying um, Starfleet doesn't check its uh, vision privilege. Maybe not. Maybe humans are just the average, yeah. and they're like, yeah, no, we would accept you, Quab. Uh, Quabganarians into the Federation, but you're going to throw off the light spectra for our starships. So <laughs> yeah, you you've got to find another race that's a little UV because yeah. you're a little red. And then if you could like Gmod your whole species, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Just take a couple of months, depending on your size. This dude, um, um, this dude looks familiar. I, I, is he a Baldwin? That is Brian Thompson. He played the alien bounty hunter in X Files. That's what I know him best for. He'll be in Star Trek a lot, actually. Oh, I think I know this dude. He reminds me of Adam Baldwin, but he was actually in Buffy. He was, like, uh, the judge, I think. He was, like, that big dude mm-hmm. that Buffy eventually nails. Not nails, like, <laughs> nails, but, like, kills. I guess so. I, I assumed that, actually, from Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I assume there's that. very few people that she only, that she bi-directionally nails. <laughs> um... So yeah, no, her principal is actually her principal's actually already been in this series before. He played one of the Ferengi. Oh neat, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's not a very tall guy, so he's he's good yeah, for Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um Armin Shimmerman's his name. I like how he's like a, he's like, all right, a pop quiz hot shot, first playing on command decision. Let's see it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Which that, okay, uh, so good that, that, that was a too. sucker punch right there, wasn't it? Like that exo like was, was weak for letting his guard down. Yeah, okay. I guess that's fair. I just, You're going to issue a challenge and then not, not wait for the hit? Yeah, or maybe he was just so. like, I can take any hit a human can dish out and then realize, oh, yeah. wait, maybe not. This this armor does nothing. <laughs> it's super it's super flashy, though. A lot, I dig it. Yeah. I mean, it's very... Oh, yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's, like, we go into, like, oh, cool, at the Enterprise, we're in the future. Oh, cool, we're in the Klingons, a dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Mad Max planet. It's uh, I, yeah, I just love the aesthetic. Uh, and that fight was nice and quick. Yeah, right? it, it was good. It kind of just like, hey, listen, um, he, he didn't like knock him out, but he's like, listen, I'm gonna give you enough pain to realize that there's more coming if you're interested. <laughs> and there's a little bit that uh, Frakes nails where he 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 exhales a little. Yeah, bit I saw that. Yeah. It was fantastic. I just love it. Um, and it's kind of a thing that he can do because, you know, they probably don't know a lot about human culture. So he could just be like, you know, exhaling when he's really just kind of blown off steam. It could be universal. Uh, fucking Minden did it two scenes ago. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It communicates things to the audience. Riker's back is to the cast. So this was it. weird when he said that. I'm like, okay, so maybe did he, what I'm thinking right now is like, did he just wait on this information so he could impress the captain? Like, was that this brown nosing thing? Um, yeah. You know, but then, you know, we're about to get the reason why uh, he didn't inform uh, the oddness of, uh, of what he found. Yeah. I, um, it's weird that it could double itself because surface area spreading <laughs> data the 360 yeah that's great <laughs> no that's good that's good i just like I, and he, he asked like these kind of genuinely curious questions but it's kind of interesting ah oh, damn it 
Sorry, Data, are you an Xbox? Are you a Microsoft product? Because that was from 360. I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a 180, and I'm stretching it too far. Yeah, that's so. Uh, How'd you come to good that? stuff though? This is Data doing executive officer stuff. Yeah. So he's kind of curious about Benzite in the same way he's curious about human culture. He never gets curious mm-hmm. about clan culture, which is a little weird. Um, yeah, there's plenty of people to do that for him. Well, yeah. He's probably sick of hearing it from Worf. He's like, yes, Worf, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Enough Worf. Yeah. Worf is like, but we need to fight, Jada. You're the only one that can match my strength. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to imagine Data shutting down people the same way everyone shuts down Data. Just... Oh, that would be great. Can we just get like, can we get a highlight reel of like Data shutting down people? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Data has a bad well, day. <laughs> so I'm just trying to trying to see like Worf being like uh, Bubba from Force Gump. Because they got they got Metlets, they got Batlets, they got Cleon series. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like an entire montage yeah. of Data and Worf and elevators. Yeah, and then just... <laughs> and then the, and then the Klingon dinner knife. Yeah, that's about oh, it. God. That's all of them. It's <laughs> great. And then Worf and Data or Melvin. Yeah. And like I love this. He's like, oh, and now. <laughs> After you've done that, I will instruct you on Klingon etiquette. I suggest you do the proper stretches. <laughs> I was about to say, Lions from Warf, which could also be uh, Kamalans. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, uh, look at those Klingon cups. We're going to see these Klingon cups a lot. They keep so much of Klingon culture is established in this episode, and it's great. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I like how they kind of foreshadow it, too, with uh, Riker's feast. Um a little bit later, he's going to kind of hide his face in the cup. So I really like how there is like a big brim because he can totally do that. <laughs> like it looks like yeah. he's like a child drinking from like an adult cup. cup. I, I I try to mention this no more than once per Cleon episode. But all these clans are white dudes. And once they get to the Cleon females, who I presume are presented in a way in which they're not attractive, uh, they do actually cast a black lady. I was so. about to say... Well, I mean, I didn't get the sense that she was not attractive. Like, I kind of get the sense that he was looking at her and she was looking at him like, hey, look. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you're sensing chemistry. I think this series presumes that we are more repulsed by the aliens than uh, we are. Yeah. Because I don't get that. And uh, yet they, they harp on it a lot. Yeah. I like how they kind of, um, they're like, effing with him you know like you yeah, they're about they to are. start effing with him and you know it's just great that <laughs> um that you get that because i mean you look at Worf and you think everything's so super serious like come on man just tone it down like everything's gonna be fine um yeah and he even goes so far as to bring that out so it's interesting i love this yeah it's <laughs> great you know you know Riker, if you'd eaten the mealworms back in conspiracy yes <laughs> <laughs> or, or like uh, he could have. Uh, he's like, oh, we'll we'll get one of the Klingon males, to, uh, females, to eat your food and regurgitate it back in your mouth, like the baby bird you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. You notice they also have a mess hall here. Yeah. Um. You know, unlike the Enterprise, everyone takes dinner in their private quarters. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's so about old boys. This is kind of this is a little weird. Um, I mean. I know they're trying to like sho- shove in as much Klingon culture as possible. Uh, eventually, they're going to get like he talks about the old warriors with a foreshadowing of like the father thing that they're about to talk about. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the father thing is like like just shoved in a little bit too much. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, again, this, this is the key scene. This is the scene of the entire uh, episode. This is why they wrote this. This is um, <laughs> the. I think part of what I read was the only white guy. 
It's a good repost from Riker. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and, like, and like they all kind of get it. They're all like, yeah. Um, I, I the, it's a little cringy. Like it's like, oh yeah, we're talking about <laughs> sex at food with people that we don't know, and I don't know. It's it just it once again kind of talks about how like, oh yeah, sure, I'll put my dick in anything. It's fine. And they're um, no scruples. Yeah, you know, they're pushing Riker. They're messing with him, and he gets that, and he he goes. I love how he hides his he face. He pushes oh, again. Man. They get it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah that's guy. great. Um, I, I it's just a good scene. Yeah, like I can I can nitpick it, and I will, and obviously I have, but <laughs> I really enjoy the heck out of it. I think this um, is, this dude um, this dude that sits across from him um, um, kind of I think he I think he's a black dude. I don't think he's a white guy. I think he's like he one of the, he's like one so. of the two black folks that they actually uh, <laughs> cast in like a sea of white dudes. Yeah, and he gets he gets the emotional monologue too. Yeah, which um, is, which is good. I kind of like how uh, they kind of uh, dig into this a little bit. Yeah, they they personalize these Kleons, and it's uh, it's great. Again, I I just can't say enough nice things about this scene. Um, in terms of just the the aesthetics, like how they build the culture consistently, yeah. how these people have a natural heart to heart about um, their own, like their own studies, I guess, and it doesn't feel forced, right? Right. Like uh, this guy's dad, this guy didn't walk up into a dark corner. He just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's just like, <laughs> oh, he's hey, like number two, I noticed that you're brooding I'm, more so than usual. Oh, I'm just thinking about my dad. He's never going to have honor. <laughs> Like, right, I swear to God, I have actually watched this episode recently, <laughs> uh, and apparently he does walk away dramatically, and it's the other guy, it's Brian Thompson doing the monologue. Yeah, I mean, I the just, the, the walking away dramatically and all this stuff, this yeah. really bothers me. Like, I feel like you could have just had the heart-to-heart, you don't have to get up and look, uh, it's just goofy. It's a bit much. I mean, like, um, I, I think the father thing was works. fine, it's just okay. that is what I have, and then Riker should have more emotional intelligence to realize, like, hey dude, like cut it out like drop drop the father thing he doesn't like talk about it yeah but i think it's also important for him to communicate this to riker so that he knows what cleons are like i guess so <laughs> yes we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna learn later that riker hasn't talked to his dad in like 15 years oh, okay so it's like so, yeah but still. <laughs> it's like oh oh okay so you can talk to about me about my father but your father you're not gonna go talk to him I still like his post on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> What's it feel like being a bad son, Riker? Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, you know, what's it feel like to be a judgy bad son? Hey, why did you uh, why did you get up to talk about your father? It's like, ah, oh, you know, I've been doing some drama classes on the side. I wanted to practice, you know, my narration, yeah. my monologuing, stage but presence. It's it's also an important lesson about, um, you know, like there's there's not a way to deal with these emotions. And then Riker's like, well, I'm going to eat this gawk stuff, which has been a, th- a specter hovering over me. And that's uh, analogous to just learning how to well, I mean, do to things me- that are hard emotionally. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I thought it was. It was just kind of yeah. like, hey, look, I didn't know how to do this before, but I made myself. And so if yeah. you should make yourself because I think you should and you should listen to me because I'm your superior <laughs> and he, he, he doesn't just try to patch up like some cleon family what that he's never going to meet yeah i think it's uh it's good like i think i keep using that word but i don't know how else to describe it yeah it's just solid tv manship yeah yeah this is pretty solid and it's and it the pacing is is nice as well um yeah. 
You know, and I like how you know, there are some times where a misunderstanding feels forced, where it's like, oh, well, you could have just told us this super early on and this whole conflict could have been avoided. Um, yeah. But it feels believable. They say, hey, look, no, the reason why he didn't tell him is because like a cultural thing. And then now we got to patch it up. But then now there's also this, um, you're, hey, you're, you know, what did your ship do to us that, you know, why you're here and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. But then they gave it enough I, time for him to like build like an emotional connection with his number two. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's great. And this conflict is completely tacked on. Like, but it flows, you... right? It goes, well, like if you just have an episode where Menden and Picard learn very important lessons in war. And then like Riker and Cleon Brian Thompson over there <laughs> learn very important lessons. Yeah, I don't like, know if we know his name. <laughs> that, that's a fine lesson. Uh it's fine. But and now you're not really an action-adventure series, so there has to be some kind of conflict and some kind of tension yeah. that's created. Uh, instead of having like interpersonal tension where people can't deal with this exchange program, right? they have another issue where the Cleons don't trust the humans. Yeah. And I think that flows naturally. It touches on the nature of being allies with the Cleons. Right. And... Um, Again, it works. It's just very simple. Yeah, it, very simple I mean, it, it is kind of interesting, too, and I don't know if this is intentional, that we go from, in short order, we go from the cafeteria scene to this. Uh, because in the cafeteria scene, we learned that there isn't a lot of way for them to deal with emotions. And then it's kind of sound, seems like this is how they process shit, is going through, like, this conspiracy, this over, you know, like... You know, all this anger, this aggression, like, that's the only emotion that is allowed is just this, oh, no, we're being attacked. Everyone, red alert. <laughs> it's like, it's just exactly. a cat. It's it's a cat. It's not anything that's going to hurt anybody. No, no. <laughs> we decontain it and then kill us and then we'll feast on the heart of it. No, chill. It's fine. I just, I'll get, I'll remove it. <laughs> and that's completely consistent with their attitude of, of revering strength. Yeah. And being warriors is that they can only ever be strong. And so that it creates a system whereby, you know, that sort of conflict um, is their only real go-to. And so there are no old warriors. There's not a lot of wisdom there. There's just the, the willingness to get yourself killed. Right. And that's, it's real subtext here. And it doesn't need to be any higher up because this episode's working on a lot of other levels too. Yeah. And, you know, and he mentioned like, oh, Klingon is not his family. Klingon is his work. I'm like, what about like, Klingon seamstresses. Like, who made that trench coat? <laughs> who made that trench coat? Uh, not knapsack, but like pocket yeah. vest thing. There, like, is he willing um, to die on on his sewing loom? <laughs> yeah, I. That's a great question. That's not really answered. We see in this series, not in this series. Klingon uh, nursemaids, Klingon lawyers. Uh, lawyers, interesting. I very interesting. Uh, we see a Cleon chef, but he's not like part of Cleon society. We learn there's a Cleon nobility, noble class. So, like, do they have like decorative weapons and stuff? Like, they don't do any real fighting. They're just there. Uh, no, Worf is a member of the Cleon noble class. He's he's high blooded. Um, oh, okay, he's from the House of Moog. Okay, um, I don't know what that means. So. Sorry. Uh, it's, he's got the sash. He's got the sash. Oh, there. that's what the sash <laughs> Damn it, that's what the sash is. Okay. So, um, is there a warrior class of Cleons, like the Spartans, who go out and they kill the Helots every year? Um, are they knights, basically? Yeah. And we only ever see the knights because they're politically and militarily relevant. Right. Um, oh, we do see a Cleon scientist. Oh, um, wow. 
I thought I thought you said like the Klingons like have all their stuff uh, like from some previous civilization they've conquered, so they kind of like it's all like tacked on, and they only ever have technicians. Not <laughs> it's 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 complicated. stuff they have is <laughs> is from the Herc who conquered the Klingons, oh, okay. which is complicated. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> So my impression has been they have technicians, not real scientists or engineers. Um, but we know so little beyond what we're seeing right here right. in some politics that it's hard to say. I and mean, they, they subjugate people all the time. So why would they not um, just incorporate you know, ha- have a subjugated race do that? Why not just replicate that kick-ass sleeveless <laughs> trench pocket? But someone's got to design it, right? Like Someone's got to be like, you know yeah. what? I feel like four pockets isn't enough. Let's go with eight. It's it's just basically an infinite number of Cleon captains punching replicators <laughs> until, until until a super sweet uh, pocket vest comes out. I said pocket vest with four pockets, four meters wide. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need a three pocket vest, two meters wide. <laughs> He's like, no, I hate you when you punch the replicator. <laughs> like maybe everything is like a combat to the death. Like it's just. <laughs> It's just like a combat to the death. Like, no, I think this. No, I think this. And through fighting, they come to some decision and there's a hierarchy established. That way everyone gets to preserve their manliness, even in the most mundane of things. I'm just trying to imagine being the replicator trying to parse (laughs) the imprecise language of angry Cleons. (laughs) Poor replicator. It's like, I asked my replicator for new boots nine times last night. Is Captain Clog drunk of bloodline? I need bigger boots. With my tiny, shameful, dishonorable clay on feet. He hates his own feet. <laughs> um, the computer's like, I don't know, man. Just here's some boots. I think it's so funny. He's like, this Uggs, is... But ask, on, he's man. like, you should ask them what's up. And he's like, it's obvious. I'm like, really? Is it really obvious? Really? You're using that word. I don't know if you it, it means what you think it means. I don't know if I've ever seen a clay on doctors. Clog may, may have a tumor. <laughs> no bets. He could be... be going, uh, we're going to go with that one. Um... He, he could be going full Charles Whitman. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And so the the cloaking device tension, for me, never gets old. Um, I think at least once a season, we, we've got some cloaking device tension. I mean, that's essentially the, kind of like the submarine kind of deal, right? Like, our mutual friend used to, you know, like, I've still never seen Hunt for Red October, and I really should. And we have we a should. mutual friend that loves that episode. After Super oh, that Latin, Yeah, okay, okay, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Derek's never seen Super uh, Yes, this is true. I just, it, I meant to, I just never got around to it. I never, I never rented it from Blockbuster. I never bought it. You know, it was never on when we were all together. So it just fell through yeah. the cracks. I mean, I heard, I've heard everyone love it, but it's just, you know, it got to a point where the hype was so much that I kind of didn't want to see it. And then now time has passed enough to where I'm open to seeing it again. Uh, I apologize if I have revisited that hype. <laughs> no, you haven't. No. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is uh, this is good that you know that, that they're kind of kind of going back and forth here, and I like how he gets confrontational with Riker, um, and like that's kind of what he's doing now. And then like later in the conversation, he says, "If you would have given me Starfleet secrets, you would have been labeled as a traitor, and I would have killed you where you stand." So you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute." Like, you asked for a thing, and then if you would have got it, that would have been great, but you also killed that dude? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Federation and Klingons are still allies. Do you want him to give out Klingon secrets to the Federation when he gets back? 
You want to do an exchange program with the brain and then yeah. give away Cleon secrets to them or Federation secrets? Right. So. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I like how, um, you know, we've gotten past like the men of action stuff and you actually get to see Riker successfully navigate this weird Klingon maze of etiquette. Um, yeah. And, and it's neat because he's like, he's totally into it. He's like, yeah, no, if we got to die, man, I'm going to die with you guys. So. Yeah, no. And I think. I, mean, I was invested in this whole Christianity thing, but sure, Silver Corps <laughs> fine. Whatever. It's just. What's... Wherever you stand when you die, I guess. <laughs> and so, you know, what's, you know, what, what's, like, I guess, kind of uh, funny, you know, about that <laughs> is that Riker has to know. Like, he knows the Enterprise. He knows they're overreacting. So he's like, yeah, sure, no, I'll die with you guys. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But he knows that the Enterprise probably can take everything the Klingon vessel could dish out. And yeah. they're going to figure, like, he's going to figure out some way for them not to, like, kind of trade blows. And so he can say this whole, like, yeah, sure, we're going to die. Like, knowing we're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I just, one thing I never get is they're like, yeah, we're going to take a tunneling neutrino beam and just shoot it at ourselves. Do we? Do we just have one of those that we can just shoot? <laughs> yeah, can, like... Can the Enterprise suck its own dick? Like, how you... <laughs> Maybe they just send, like, a shuttlecraft out with a neutrino beam to shoot at it. I don't know. Okay, what are the Cleons going to do? Can the Cleons even make a telling neutrino beam? Uh, oh, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, one of those. Uh, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, no, we got, like, eight billion of these things. I don't even, yeah, it's like a wrench. I don't even know what a tunneling beam is. Like, tunnels in yeah. what? Like, neutrino is it a drilling it, is it a drilling beam it tunnels through the neutrinos oh, okay so yeah. that's obvious you know why didn't yeah. i think of it before <laughs> that's that's how you destroy a living rust organism <laughs> with neutrinos space man. rust man space rust are weak to neutrinos yep. barely barely even touches matter but space rust hates that yeah it hates the whole dagger hangs but does not fall <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, like neutrinos. They could touch me at any second now. A few hundred more million of these things, and I could have an interaction with yeah, matter. And then, and then it's the worst. Every, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to kill myself now. I can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't deal with the stress. Fucking living space rust, man. <laughs> space rust, the struggle is real. Yeah. I, I can't help but imagine Captain Clyde wearing Ugg boots at this point. Yeah. Just... So I like how he's like, all right. Um, I mean, and we don't get a lot of explanation here, which I think is great because we shouldn't need it. Um, it's kind of like the, you know, we've talked about like the Pickle Rick episode, how like there's just kind of this way of um, they do just enough explanation um, for all of the parts that you need to understand the plot. Here, you know, it was foreshadowed a bit and he's just going to take this thing and you kind of see where he's going with it. Um and, and there's never any explanation. Like, he doesn't have this inner monologue where he's like, if I can only get the captain to use my blah, 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 then I can become the captain and, and defuse yeah. this whole situation. Which is weird because, you know, you could easily put an internal monologue on this. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a conviction of the form. Oh, it's in his boot. Oh, that's okay. disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, but one second, captain. Could you get my back? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> He's like, God damn it. Starfleet officers always on their phones in the middle of battle. Yeah. Only if you can get, only if you'll get my class later, wink wink. <laughs> uh, They're trying on like trench coat pocket vests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, so it, you know, this is good. Uh and it is kind of weird that well 
I guess like I guess it meant makes sense that they would bring bring him to the bridge, but I just kind of expected him to go to the the transporter area. Yeah, it can do that. They can just be like, yeah, we're gonna beam him, but then instead of rematerialize him, just beam him back out again. Yeah, to somewhere else. They do that. I kind of I, like. I wonder if like uh, O'Brien like is just like because he has full control over the transporter system. Like, is he ever lazy? Like, he's like, all right. Clocking off ship, time to be myself to my quarters. <laughs> like he just doesn't walk anywhere. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, number two, um, beam me over to uh, you know the bathroom. I got to get pissed. It's like it's five yeah. feet away. Did you? Did I stutter? Beam <laughs> me to the bathroom. Yeah, I um, yeah, like, and I wonder how this would have played out differently if he killed Clock. Like the thing is, he was clever enough, and he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and apparently that works, I guess. Yeah, and you know, you kind of get the sense that if Worf is this, yeah, kinda, here's Worf kicking, yeah, doing, being good at his job. Yeah, good job, finally, yeah, yeah. And look at Data did that whole like uh, got in front of the captain, um, yeah, to protect him in case he got shot. Again, super short scene, but really well, yeah, communicating a lot of the crews, uh, yeah, their job. efficiency. Yeah, of course, Worf does have like a, a favorite enemy, other Cleon. It's weird, <laughs> but it's true. He he's only a weeb, so he can know how to defeat his enemy. It's just a side effect of the weebness. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I've, I've saved all the pressure points. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, if Eunice and the Horn were actually getting capacitated. Uh, so you know what? When you look at Worf, you think, okay, he's a good like ambassador. Of Starfleet, aka human values, uh, to Klingons, um, but also, uh, I mean, like uh, you, you have also like the number two dude on the Klingon vessel is like a good ambassador to the Klingons of like the human traits that Riker has shown him. It seems, yeah, and that's you know, it's, uh, it shows that exchange program working as you expect it to. Right. I can't remember. Did we cut the is... commercial? Did we cut the commercial right here? Maybe, oh, maybe man. so. No, um, I think that would have been great oh, if, like, they <laughs> cut the commercial. It's like, oh, cool, he's betraying his uh, captain. Yeah, I uh, there's there's this great trust between Picard and. Oh Michael, yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, that you know isn't particularly well established aside from the fact they're both Starfleet officers, right? But because um, I mean, this I, show wants us to see them as bros. Yeah, and I would imagine Klingon like hierarchy could have been. Hey, Riker got the Enterprise to surrender. Look how badass he is, and look how badass the captain is because he bitch slaps Riker off of his chair. <laughs> yeah, and so then that's like me. his his accomplishments tra- transfer over to the captain. Yeah, and Riker's like, "Oh yeah, this ain't gonna end well." <laughs> there we go. Yep. And he takes it. Yeah, he takes yeah, it in the chin because right he realizes he, he did a faux pas. Yeah. And so he allows you know, the captain to save face. And I like how yeah. they uh, have this whole... Um, he's like, you understand Klingons better than I thought you did. Good job, man. Um, yeah. A++ would serve again. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Again, it's just... It's tight. It's well characterized. It's really good. It makes me... Makes me Want to check to see if um, 
if the writer strike is over because I feel like it kind of has to be at this point. Yeah, maybe so. You know, the the thing that that I kept wondering is like maybe this like Riker was playing the long con, like he wanted to pad his resume with like serves on Klingon vessel, but he only yeah. made it like last a day, like this whole thing. <laughs> like he's the one that transplanted everything. <laughs> like he started this whole thing. Uh, just so Damn he could pad his resume. I get you. That'd be a nice one. It's like, look, this has got to be about Hollywood long. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one episode, guys. Then I got to go home. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I know I put on a good show with the whole Klingon food thing, but uh, I was on the toilet for like at least three <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. That's some too, man. Learn when to duck and when not to duck. That's that's the guy. <laughs> when, right there. when when to duck, when not to duck, when to eat the duck. Yeah, that was a heck of a fall too. Like yeah. that's um, Riker's stunt double. <laughs> Frakes is stunt double getting a little bit of work here. Yeah, but still. So. Uh, oh, look at that! Yeah. They're all they yeah, all like each other. Good friends. Bros being bros. bros. This. Yeah, this is another bro ship that the episode that the series puts together. Oh really? So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It never, it never. I think comes to full fruition, but it's good. It's good. Uh, Riker and Worf, man. Okay. I, I, I kind of wish they'd take a vacation together sometime, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Next episode. Maybe do. I'm some, sorry. A hunting thoughts, trip. Matter of honor. Uh, no, I'm. With, yeah, hunting trip. Would be great. I'm with you. Um, this this matter of honor episode. Um, there there are a few minor nitpicks, but it's pretty solid. Like it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I like a lot of like the culture things. I like that our conflict was essentially culture based. Um, I, I think that's great. You know, I'm not. There weren't periods where I, where I was like, oh man, that's really cool. Um, but the, but it wasn't bad. Um, they're just a few minor. It's a pretty solid episode, and it, and, and yeah. I agree. It's definitely tight. The pacing is just bam, bam, bam. Yeah, really good episode. Next week is going to be the measure of a man. All right, so looking at this, uh, I see, um, <laughs> I guess we're at 10 forward, um, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we see Pulaski near Data, which probably shouldn't happen. Zone Forcer to do that, I assume. Um, <laughs> Worf, uh, Worf uh, Crusher, uh, Imzadi, <laughs> the Imzadi couple. Um, yeah. And they all are around this table, and it looks like they're opening gifts. Of some kind, Data's reading maybe a card. It's kind of hard. It, the, the shot's pretty far back for this little card yeah. thing. And we get the measure of a man. Uh, Data resigns his commission rather than being be dismantled for examination by an inadequately... What? What? <laughs> an, <laughs> an inadequately skilled... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this synopsis really comes down hard on one side of the argument what? in this episode. What the hell, like, man? Really hard. Like this ne- is like, Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's I. You know, I'm. I expect to be. I'm gonna get tilted. I think I'm gonna get tilted in this episode. Of <laughs> that's what I'm expecting out of this. That may very well be the case. Uh, we will find out next week. And until then, remember. remember Rand. Rand. Hey, I'll make this less than 60 seconds because no one likes credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We're watching this on Netflix streaming, talking over Skype, and recording our conversation with Alamoto Call Recorder. All editing is done with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder, and our files are hosted on vanvelding.com. With DreamPress hosting, run with WordPress. Thank you, and remember Rand.